With the cost of heating bills more than doubling this year in the UK, village halls are having to come up with some innovative solutions. Hi everyone, I'm Johnny Thompson and welcome once again to the Village Halls podcast sponsored by Allied Westminster, the UK's largest specialist provider of village hall insurance and the home of Village Guard. Now we all know that energy costs have gone through the roof recently and this has presented a big challenge to community buildings up and down the country. However, Shustoke Village Hall in the West Midlands is sort of a great idea that not only improves the efficiency of their heating system, but also makes it a little bit easier and more comfortable for anyone organising events there. Today I've been joined by Nick Cole from Shustoke who's going to tell us all about it. Hi Nick and many thanks for joining me today. Hi Johnny, uh, well many thanks for inviting me. Yeah, no thanks for coming on and uh, yeah, before we get on to talking about how you've been <laughs> tinkering I guess with the, the heating and the technology at the hall, tell me a little bit about you and what you do and also your connection with the village and the hall there at Shustoke. Well, um, my background is in IT, which, as we'll come on to discuss, was quite helpful with all of this. Yeah, I've worked in IT in the corporate environment. I've been a, a freelancer for more than 10 years as well. Hmm. And these days, I've got quite a handful of voluntary roles that I undertake as well. So, as obviously, I look after the, the village hall in Shustoke, but I'm a parish councillor yeah. in Shustoke as well. Uh, and I'm also a member of the Warwickshire search and rescue team which is Brilliant. a bit like mountain rescue but in the uh, in, in the lowland in the lowland parts of the country um, fantastic yeah so i've lived in shustoke for it's it's what shustoke is a small rural village in in warwickshire out to the east sort of halfway between birmingham and coventry which is much nicer than that sounds actually <laughs> <laughs> there, is, there, there is a green bit in between yeah um, and uh, it's one of those villages where, unless you're sort of third generation, then you're still a new boy. So I'm definitely a new boy. I've only been here about five years. But my partner, Rebecca, uh, her family have lived here for uh, for many years. So they're much more kind of uh, died in the wall. And uh, yeah, we just live in a little cottage. It's a, a village of only, I think it's about 250, 250 households, about 500 residents, I think. So it's quite small. Yeah. What, and what's your motivation to, to, to volunteer as you do? I guess you just get to that stage in life, don't you, where, um, I know it's a terrible cliche, but you know you do want to try and give something yeah. back and you know harness the skills that you've built up through your career, but in a different way, um, whether it's you know, discussing the, uh, the heady matters that we have at the, at the parish council or um, working out how to raise funds for your search and rescue charity, as, as, as I do. I really Brilliant. enjoy it. Now, now, the hall, I guess... A good place to start is to mention how it's often unattended, isn't it? And, and you hire out on a bit of a DIY basis. Is that right? Yeah, I, I'm sure this is not unusual, mm. but it's, it's a lovely hall, actually. It's um, uh, it's a sort of a, a Goldilocks kind of size, if you know what I mean. It's not yeah. too big. It's not too small. It's probably about 100 years. It's that sort of um, age of building. So it's got a nice bit of character. Yeah. But yeah, it's unattended. There's no, you know, sort of offices there with people who are there in working hours or anything. Mm. So uh, we have regular users who do things like yoga, Pilates, after school tuition, music groups for toddlers, all that sort of stuff. They have regular slots through the week. And then we have one off users booking the hall for 
you know, a child's birthday party or a christening or, you know, whatever you like, really. So, yeah, when people use the hall, I explain to them how they're going to get into the hall and what they need to bring, what they need to take away, all that sort of stuff. But it's all, as you say, it's DIY and unattended. And and this kind of way of working presented a a, a few problems for you when it came to the the heating system. Talk, Talk me through some of those problems, Nick. Sure. Well, just to explain the heating system, I, I imagine, again, this is not unique, but it's a sort of two-stage system um, in that there's a, a gas boiler, which looks just like a domestic, it probably is a domestic gas mm-hmm. boiler um, uh, that's mounted on the wall. Uh, that runs on gas and it heats a little circuit. There's one radiator and then the rest of the circuit just goes out to some warm air blowers that are in the main yeah. hall and, and that generates warm air that blows out into yeah. the hall. And actually it runs on... It, we don't have mains gas, so it runs on bottled gas. And this it sort of it increased the anxiety about the problem, mm-hmm. if you like, in that when the gas just comes through a pipe, you know, obviously you can look at your meter and see the little numbers going around, but when you have to wrestle with <laughs> five-foot-tall orange things, you know, the, the, um, you're very conscious of how quickly, you know, how, how, how quickly or otherwise you're going through yeah, the gas. It becomes um, very tangible. Have to yeah. go, it, it really does, yeah. I have to go down to the hall, particularly through the winter. I'm down there at least once a week checking to see whether there's a bottle that's empty and needs changing yeah. around, do I need to order some new ones, that kind yeah. of thing. So, A, it's a bit painful, but B, it, as you say, it makes it really tangible how quickly you're getting through your gas. And the original system was just a thermostat on the wall. And as, when a whole user arrived, they would flick the thermostat from basically frost protection up to, well, 30, knowing most, of, <laughs> most people who use them really tall. But yeah. it to a temperature where the, the boiler would, uh, would lurch would into action. Heat um, yeah, but then it would take, you know, 15, 20 minutes for the, the system to actually warm mm. up. And the blowers don't start the blowers won't work until they've got a heat supply themselves. Yeah. And so you weren't actually starting to get warm air into the, the hall for, you know, sort of 15, 20 minutes after yeah. you've come in there, which on a, on a winter's morning when you're about to run a yoga no. class is, is not great. Um, and the other, the, the, I guess the problem that I started with, with, with this is that it wasn't difficult for people to forget to turn the, the heating no. off. They, they would almost invariably turn the warm air blowers off. But unless you turn the thermostat back down, then uh, the boiler would still be on. And, you know, as I say, with the hole being unattended, it might be 24 hours nearly until the next person comes yeah. into the hall. So the boiler's just, just firing away to itself, potentially, you know, all night and all through the next day. And once that's happened a few times, you know, you really start to, to worry about, how quickly, you know, how much gas you're using. And that yeah. was, you know, I'm going back a couple of years now. Yes, exactly. Now you fast forward that. Yeah, the, exactly. yeah the cost of energy. <laughs> you fast forward that. Cost of energy rocketing. I would imagine it's, it's making the heating, heating the hall increasingly expensive. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, what started out as trying to work out how to, uh, how to solve the problem mm-hmm. uh, and, and have, you know, remote access to the heating, basically. Um, uh, that, that's where it all started. Yeah. So you got your thinking caps up on and uh, came up with a great way of managing things by introducing a bit of technology, right? I did, yeah. Um, it's one of those situations where um, I, I don't know, Johnny, whether you have you know a nest or a hive or whatever in, in your home, but once you've had yeah. one, you, you, it's one of those things that it'd be quite difficult to, to go back yeah. on. 
No, I mean, I'm, I'm a, I'm a great I, lover of technology, but I guess there'll be some people out there who have no idea what a, <laughs> a nest or a hive may be. Right. So that, that's, probably, okay. <laughs> that's probably a great play, place for, for us to start if you, if, if you kind of explain uh, very simply what, what, what this technology is kind of capable of doing. Okay, yeah. Well, in, in its most basic form, it's a thermostat which is connected to the internet uh, in the same way that your Alexa is or a smart plug that can turn a a lamp on and yeah. off or, or yeah. whatever from, from an app on your phone. So I put, um, in this case, it was a Hive, which is, I think it's the, that's the British gas mm-hmm. one, a Hive uh, thermostat in my house, connected it up to the boiler. Yeah. And that means that wherever you are, whether you're in the house or whether you're at the other end of the country or in a different country, you can turn your heating on yes. and off. And um, you can set all sorts of schedules and, uh, you know, you can get it to alert you if the temperature in your house drops below, you know, a particular temperature, all that kind of thing. It's, it's a great thing. And so with that experience from my home life, I thought, well, you know, this is the, obviously the way to go with the village yeah, hall. And I just started off by thinking, you know, I need to be able to control that heating remotely because I don't live far from the hall, but it's a, it's a 10 minute walk at least. Uh, and if it's 11 o'clock at night and I suddenly think, oh, I wonder if that person, you know, switched off the, the, the heating at the hall. Yeah. I don't want to have to trudge down there <laughs> in the darkness. So uh, that's where it started. And as we, in fact, as we went into lockdown, it, it did, as I'm sure many halls did, it presented an opportunity to tackle a few jobs that, that would be harder to do when there were people using yeah. the hall every day. So I got an internet connection fitted. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the first thing that we needed. We didn't have that. We had a yeah. phone phone line that wasn't in use so i just uh, got that back in action so that we have broadband at the right. hall and then in this case i bought a nest which is just the google version of of a hive it's exactly the same sort of thing and i, I just bought one so it was different to what i had at home it was literally yeah. as simple yeah. as that and uh connected it up you, you basically connect it to your boiler so that, that the boiler is always ready to go and when it gets the, the thumbs up from the uh, from the Nest thermostat to say, right, well, I'm supposed to be on now, then the boiler fires up and off it goes. Excellent. And that's where it started. Uh, and in fact, I think the first thing I did was I just put a very simple sort of automation on that, which was that at 11 o'clock every night, it would turn Yeah, I was going to say, because it, it, would, it would get a bit labour intensive, wouldn't it? You'd have, to, you'd have to look at the schedule, who's coming when, try and turn it on before they were getting there, try and remember to turn it off if you were doing it all manually. So... Yeah, and that's that's exactly where I started. Mm. Um, so that there is a, a kind of heating schedule in the app that that comes with Nest, uh, and you can set your schedule. But it, it's all really designed around you know a nuclear family living in a house and going out to school and work and all that kind of thing. It's not it's not really designed to to come and off at completely random times yeah. just for an hour here and an hour there, depending on when people are using mm. the hall. So you're absolutely right. It was quite it was quite labor intensive because I had to carefully set up the schedule for all of my regular users. But then every week I had to check to see whether there was anybody else using the hall for a party or, or whatever and put them into the schedule and then remember to take them out again. And, yeah. you know, it, it all, it was quite hard work. Well, not hard yeah. work, but you know, it was still not super yeah, convenient. So you came up with a bit of a solution for that and and i guess you're going to have to explain a little bit of modern technology or app technology uh to 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 describe what you did next yeah yes so 
So that's where I got mm. to. The, the heating was coming in on and off, driven by the nest. I could switch it off on, on and off remotely. So we've moved forward, but it's still not, not ideal. And then for something completely different, I had done a bit of dabbling with <laughs> a service called um, If This Then That, or IFTTT, mm-hmm. which is a really cool service. And it's, it's actually very nicely set up. There's lots of sort of point and click and, and it's not very difficult to use, actually. But all it is is a way of connecting, I suppose, triggers to actions yeah. or, 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 it, or it's whatever. In the, it's kind it, of in it, the it, description, isn't it? It's, if, the, if, if, it this, is, yeah. if this happens or, or, or this, this takes place, then, then that is going to happen afterwards. And it, it's a case of just programming it, isn't it, to make something happen. Yeah, yeah. And actually, a really simple example of that is... Um, as, as many people do, I've got a light in my lounge at yeah. home, which I like to come on in the evening, whether I'm there mm. or not. But rather than, like my mum's got one as well, and she's got a little, one of those mechanical timer things that, that's plugged into the plug socket and it ticks its way around and she fiddles around with the little plastic yeah. bits and the light pops on at six o'clock in the evening or whatever. But as the, as the seasons change, the time that you want the light to, go, to come mm. on changes. Whereas my one, I've set it up with, if this, then that. So it goes and has a look at what time sunset is in Shusto. Right. And then and an hour before that, it turns the light Fantastic. on. Brilliant. So it comes on at a different time yeah. every day. So that's a, a very simple example how you can use this sort of thing. And the great thing with, uh, with IFTTT is that they have built loads and loads of integrations, which I guess is a bit of an IT word, isn't it? But just they've, they've made connections with lots and lots of useful mm-hmm. things. And when I started to look at this, I actually sort of started by thinking that, wow, this is going to take me five minutes because they have created a connection to Google Calendar and they've also created a connection to Nest. So I'm thinking, well, great. If I, if I create a Google Calendar and all that exists in the, in that calendar is the, the bookings for the village hall, whether they're regular bookings or one-off bookings, yeah. then that's my if bit. That's yeah. my trigger. Yeah. That's my condition yeah. that needs if to be met. If there's a booking, yeah. Um, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's literally, and in fact, it's even better than that. It, the, the way you, when you set up that rule, uh, it's driven by an event starting in the Google Calendar that you've just connected mm-hmm. to. And you can even tell it to sort of run the, for the condition to be true 30 minutes before the event starts. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. You know, so, so now I can get the heating to come on in time for it to be warm when the Brilliant. user turns up. That's yeah. good. It would have been great if that was the end of my story. But in fact, um, <laughs> for, in fact, the, the, the Nest integration doesn't work anymore for some strange reason. Because Nest used to be, you know, it was a startup company. Um, they built their own thing and they had a connection with IFTT and it was brilliant. Yeah. And then Nest was bought by Google and for reasons not known to me, uh, presumably Google know, but they, they decided to get rid of this connection to IFTTT. Yeah. So I ended up, and I won't bore you with the detail, but I ended up having to hand code exact sort of a native access to the, the, the mm. Nest the Nest thermostat, which actually took me ages. Yeah. <laughs> it took me weeks and weeks <laughs> of, uh, of thrashing away at this thing. But, for example, I understand that the Hive integration is just, you know, Okay, so you've set up your Google Calendar bit, and then the, the then that piece is, well, tell my firm, yeah. my high firm, if that's yeah. come on, uh, and it could have been as simple as that. So, I think in hindsight, if I'd done a bit more research and looked at how the automation worked, 
um, before I set off, then I would have just bought a hive and it would have been really easy. To do so, that way. Yeah. Life's not yeah. like that. <laughs> <laughs> but it, in essence, what you're saying is you've been able to create a system and there's, there's a way of very simply creating this if you choose the right the right equipment let's just leave it at that <laughs> that when someone yeah. arrives to give like a pilates class or some other activity event the heating's already up to temperature for them which is great for them uh, and it, and then of course they don't have to remember to switch it off either because all of that happens automatically as well presumably it yeah. does yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, there's another, you know, these are separate IFTTT rules. It's it's very sort of um, granular, if you like. But yeah, there's another rule that says when an event ends in that Google calendar, yeah. then turn the heating off again, please. And in fact, it doesn't turn the heating off. It puts it back into frost protection mode. Mm. So, you know, you still got that kind of protection. If, it, if we had a really, really cold snap, you don't want your pipes bursting. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, and in fact, if we have users that overstay their welcome, then the fact that the halls start to get cold is a reminder to leave. Very good. Yeah, it's all controlled from the cloud. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's great. Now, yeah. now, obviously, as you've mentioned, you've got a background in in IT. Uh, I guess you know people listen to I, about IFTTT and so on, and I now think, well, yeah, you know what you're doing. You know, it's very easy for you, but like, how easy is it in reality for somebody to? To, to set something like this up. And I know you've had your, your teeth and troubles, as, as you've mentioned, but taking a system, you know, like Hive and connecting it to IFTTT, how, in reality, Nick, how, how, how difficult is this? Oh, it's really yeah. easy. Um, you know, this is, this is designed for non-technical yeah. people to use, definitely. Yeah. I'm trying to think of a, of a good analogy of, of, of how complicated it is. You know, if you can buy music to listen to on your phone or... yeah do your groceries from your from an app on your phone yeah. you know it's it's just about if you're reasonably familiar with modern kind of smartphone technology and using your laptop at work or something like that then then yeah you should be able to handle this yeah. no problem yeah oh yeah yeah it's it's a very nice interface mm. actually in, in the ifttt and there's there's sort of different categories of of triggers and different categories of actions yeah. and you just kind of browse through them and you can search and, and yeah it's it's very straightforward and what about the costs, Nick? You know, the, the like for the Hive system, just roughly, you know, and setting up an, an IFTTT itself. What, what what are we talking about here? Well, the your internet-enabled thermostat, I think these days they're about sort of one hundred and fifty pounds. Yeah, maybe maybe up to two hundred. I, I can't quite remember actually how much I paid for the Nest, but it's of that that sort of uh, order of magnitude. Yeah, and. You know, probably the most complicated bit actually is connecting the thermostat to the boiler because every boiler seems to be different in terms of uh, where the wires go. So yeah. you need an electrician to do that, really. Mm. And then IFTTT is free. Um, I think as as long as you, I think it restricts you to the number of different routines or applets or whatever they call them that, that you've got active but i think you get up to about three or four or five or something for nothing so right. so yeah you're, you're pretty quickly going to be able to recoup your costs in essence because of what's happened with all of the the heating costs i mean what are you expecting you know your the, the heating costs to be and what kind of difference are you are you, are, you, are you expecting this to make over the winter months ahead a lot more than um, 100 to 200 pounds i would have thought yeah. yeah, yeah, and obviously, you know, it just keeps it keeps paying back. Um, mm. I think it's. I mean, it's hard to predict your your energy bills at the moment, isn't it? Um, but I think we'll end up spending 
around fifteen hundred pounds on gas through this this financial year, if you like, which yeah. uh, our year from, runs from April to the end of March. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't be surprised if we were saving, you know, fifteen twenty percent of that, which so twenty yeah. percent would be three hundred pounds, wouldn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, yeah, in the winter yeah, you, alone, you, this is easily going to cover the cost of. Uh, I think uh, so. And then you've got the long-term savings that you're going to make subsequent yeah. to that. Yeah, and it's just you know it's more convenient for me. It's more convenient for the users. Yeah, it's been really good. <laughs> the thing I think I really like about what you've you've come up with there at Shustuk as well is, is the fact that you've not only introduced something that helps with the energy efficiency and controls the costs, but it's also something that improves the whole experience for the users of the hall too, because they're under no pressure to have to remember to turn the heating off effectively. And as, as you've said, it, you've, you've, you've set the system up so that it gets it to a nice comfortable temperature for people immediately there, you know, class starts. So it, all around, it's just an absolutely brilliant idea, Nick, and, and well done with this. Well, I wish I could say that, you know, I had this uh, sort of fantastic vision of how this would <laughs> this would unfold. <laughs> but, it, you know, as, as, as hopefully I've given the, uh, given the impression of, it wasn't like that. It was yeah. sort of, you know, one step after another, you just kind of, you get to the next, uh, you, you know, you suddenly think, oh, you know, I could, I could do that. That's, yeah. uh, that, that would be better. Yeah. Um, but it, it is good. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, just through your experimentation, you've come up with something. It's something as well. It sounds like it could, uh, you know, be introduced by other halls. So if there's anyone out there listening, you know, is thinking of doing something similar, um, it, it sounds like, you know, they could quite easily achieve this as well. Yes, definitely. Definitely. Uh, particularly if you've already got an internet connection at your hall. Uh, we didn't, but then you know. Again, that's another benefit that, that increasingly people expect. You know, a community space like a hall to have an internet connection and Wi-Fi, so that they can stream birthday songs or whatever it is. Through through lockdown, actually, or as we came out of lockdown, some of the, the people who were used, doing yoga classes and that sort of thing, they were live streaming their classes that they were doing in the hall, so that if you wanted to come to the hall and do it in person, you could. But if you were still perhaps uh, shielding or whatever and you needed to do it from home then you could so having the internet connection has been a great benefit as well yeah Yeah. great stuff and thanks for your honesty by the way for you know not trying to backtrack and 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 say that you had this wonderful all-encompassing idea but that you really just made it up as you went along (laughs) (laughs) well isn't that always the best way (laughs) it it is yeah absolutely definitely (laughs) it's how we do the podcast of course as well you know (laughs) Excellent. Um, well, I'm also delighted to announce that Shustok Village Hall has been nominated for our Wonderful Villages Innovation Award for what they've been doing with the heating system there. So good luck with that, Nick, when the when the judges start looking at all of the awards entries um, that they've received very soon. Thank you very much. Yeah, fingers crossed. Yeah, yeah, no, well done. And um, thanks again for, for coming on and talking about this. As I, as I said, I hope Paul's listening in, you know, pick up on this idea and look at whether it's something that, that could work for them too. Yeah, I, the more the people that can, uh, can, can use this sort of thing, the better, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. And uh, that's the whole idea as well behind the Innovation Award, of course, is, is uh, you know, we can share some, some ideas uh, across the fantastic Village Hall network that's, that, that's out there. So brilliant. Thanks again, Nick. No, that's my pleasure. And, and I would hope that, you know, other people will pick up with this 
you know pick pick this up and run with it and come up with you know the next Definitely. the next stages the next improvements i'd really be <laughs> really interested to hear what other people then go oh well if you've got that far you can do this and you yeah can you do could this. do this so, yeah, yeah 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 so uh hopefully i'll i'll uh i'll benefit from that as well perfect well yeah 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 well, if, you've, if you've got any ideas out there how the system can be uh developed further um drop us a drop us an email you can uh, find all of the contact information on on our website but Thanks again, Nick. And um, that's that's it, I guess, for, for this episode. A reminder, talking about the wonderful Village Awards, that the 2022 entries close very soon on the 31st of October. So if you haven't entered already, get in quick. And thanks, by the way, to everyone who's entered already. If you haven't heard from us yet, we'll be acknowledging your entries in the coming weeks. And we'll also be back soon to explain exactly what will be happening next with the judging and when you can expect to hear the results of this year's, year's awards and the, and the five halls that will each be receiving £1,000. Thanks, as always, to our headline sponsor and specialist insurance provider, Allied Westminster, for making our podcast possible and whose services you can discover more about at villageguard.com and to online booking system provider, Hallmaster, who also sponsor our podcast and can be found at hallmaster.co.uk. You've been listening to the Village Halls podcast, a unique listening community for Britain's village, church and community halls and anyone interested in the vital community services they provide. We'll be back again soon with another episode, so please visit thevillagehallspodcast.com to subscribe, sign up for updates, link through to our social media pages and just to find out more. But until the next time, Goodbye for now.